0: Praise be to God, more and more bishops are speaking out against the Amazon Synod. But before we get into that, I wanted to give a small update on the Novena of Novenas, which I mentioned Monday in my video on the Amazon Synod, so I thought it'd be appropriate to bring it up here. In that video, I suggested an August 13th start date. After a brief email conversation with Father Heilman, who runs the Catholic Gentleman blog, The start date for the Novena of Novenas will be on August 15th, which will coincide with the Novena of Novenas that Father Heilman has organized. Basically, I'm suggesting we join his Novena group of over 50,000 people who are praying for their country, and add in the intention of the Amazon Synod. Multiple intentions aren't going to diminish the effect of this this Novena of Novenas, and I've seen some remarkable things happen with his uh, prayer group. Father Heilman is actively asking his readers to pray for the Synod as well, so I think this is a good way to do it. I'll post a link to his blog periodically so you'll know how the Novena of Novenas works, and the modified rosary schedule, and the additional prayers that are added to it. I and my wife have participated in Father Heilman's past Novena of Novenas, and like I said, we've seen remarkable fruits happen as a consequence. So keep an eye on the posts involving the schedule both on the community section of this channel and on my blog. Anyway, as I said at the start, more and more bishops are speaking out. Now, we have the story of Monsignor Nicola Bucks, who is a bishop with a long record of service in the Roman Curia. Previously, Bishop Bucks, and I'm probably saying his name wrong, was appointed by John Paul II as an expert to participate in the preparation of the 2005 Synod on the Eucharist, and by Benedict XVI of the the one on the Church in the Middle East uh, of 2010. Bishop Bucks is presently a consultant theologian of the Congregation for the Causes of Saints. Previously, he was a consultor for the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, for Divine Worship, and for the Pontifical Celebrations Office. He is also a scholar of the East. He received a doctorate from, from the Pontifical Oriental Institute in Rome, and he stayed and taught in Jerusalem and collaborated with the expert of Islam, Father Samir Khalil Samir. In other words, he isn't exactly a slouch on issues related to the faith and orthodoxy, even if he served in the modernist Vatican. And as you'll hear in this interview, he does cite some of the more questionable recent encyclicals that predate the current pontificate. He did an interview with a small website called the Pan Amazon Synodwatch.info, and he had some harsh words for the synod. The interview was done by someone calling themselves Sabina Paciola. I'm going to quote some of the question and answers at length because they are well worth it. I'll have the English language interview on my blog return to tradition.org for you to read if you want a link if you want with a link to the original interview in an English translation. Sabino Pacioli, Monsignor Nicola Bucks, why do you think that the instrumentum laboris of the next Amazon Synod has received so much criticism? Monsignor Nicola Bucks Pope Benedict recently gave the answer in a certain sense. It is the umpteenth attempt to create another church, an experiment already done and failed, quote unquote. Clerics do not pose the same question at the base of Christianity. What did Jesus really bring to us if, as we can see, he did not bring to peace to the world, well being for all, or a better world? Jesus Christ came to bring God on earth, so that man may find the way to heaven, and for this he founded the church. Instead, today's clerics deal with the earth as if it were the permanent homeland of man. The symptom? They do not want to speak of the soul, and therefore of its salvation. Thus, the crisis of the idea of the church reaches maturity, denounced by Joseph Ratzinger in the famous report on the faith. The church is no longer considered the mystical body of Christ, and the people of God ordained to salvation, but a sociological phenomenon, so it must deal with economics, ecology, and politics, where at most it could intervene only for a moral judgment, Here one can observe the influence of modernism, the adaptation of the gospel to the modus hodernus, of thinking and acting. It is said times have changed, a new dogma, which, however, does not answer the questions, who decided that the times have changed? And then, is change always good? Okay, so I have to say this. Where's the lie? The obvious focus on earthly politics, which has been going on for 50 years or more now, and only getting worse with each passing year, is frankly a false gospel as he describes it. Our salvation lies not in the things of this earth, but in our faith as Catholics, as exemplified in the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the crucifix that hangs above the altar at the Mass. Yet too many of our shepherds seem to have forgotten this and instead focus on politics, adopting a secular worldview that is antithetical to the faith and open to group hugs with the world. It is a little wonder that so many people are leaving the church in the Western world today, where the problem seems most pronounced. Continuing with the interview, Sabino Paciola The document often speaks of the Amazonian cosmovision, and one often has the feeling that the instrumentum is pervaded by a certain pantheism that seems indistinguishable from proper respect for the order of creation. Does this feeling hold true? Bishop Bucks. We are at the dimming of reason. We go back to natural religion, to spiritism, exchanging it for dialogue with nature. And yet, the very development of nature, which takes place in an organic way, for which what was false yesterday cannot be true today, should help to understand that the teaching of the church constitutes a doctrinal, organic corpus. Instead, the clerics are infected by a sort of Darwinism that flows, as Brand Muller has written, into doctrinal and moral evolutionism, just the opposite of the organic development of a subject that remains faithful to its own identity. Only this body can be called the church, at least according to the constitutions of the First and Second Vatican Council, according to De Filius, Lumen Gentium, and De Verbum. Let's take the sacraments, the sacred order. After all the preconciliar and post-debate on the indivisibility between order and jurisdiction, the instrumentum laboris the, is the contrary is advancing, in order to justify the ordained ministry for the woman. Thus we move further away from the Orientals. The so-called deaconesses, a Greek term that means servants, helped the baptized women to undress and get dressed, not being able to make men do that. Sometimes they received a blessing, not an ordination. Then they disappeared. The episcopal, priestly, and diaconal identity must be understood starting from God, who calls them and the church confirms with ordination, not starting from the community as if the church were a democracy. The charge made in the post-conciliar sacramentalism of the pre-conciliar church is forgotten. The proposal of the very probati, Lay people who would like to attribute priestly functions is a representation of the much dep- deprecated clericalism. Instead, the history of the church teaches that the crisis of priestly vocations is resolved with the life of faith. Where there is faith, missionary vocations are born, until the establishment of institutes for the formation of indigenous clergy. The Lord always calls to follow him. The sacraments are not goods available to us, to the point that we can imagine new ones created from below, up to the change of the subject of the Eucharist. The Roman rite was transmitted to various peoples, and is an expression of the communion of all believers in Christ beyond language, nation, and race. While respecting cultures, the liturgy invites them to purify and sanctify themselves. In truth, this is an ill-concealed opposition to the Church of Rome. We do not want to celebrate like in Rome. We want to break away, marking the difference. It is strange that we want to do this after so many centuries from the evangelization of the American continent and from the assumption of the Roman Rite. Who made the natives of the Amazon know that they were naked of their own ritual? The rupture with the Roman Rite implies a detachment from the liturgical symbolism of biblical revelation and ecclesial tradition. E.g. St. Cyprian explains that Christians pray without shaking hands like pagans do, because Christian prayer is humble and composed. Sacramental science can be understood only through Scripture and the life of the Church. The use of wheat for the Eucharist is not derived from the culture and use among the Mediterranean peoples, but from that which Jesus made indivisible by using it. The adoption of religious customs other than Christian ones is incompatible because it is contradictory, except to want to carry out hybridizations and syncretisms that mislead the faithful. As stated by Cardinal Brandmuller in Depositum Fide, we are faced with the attempt to genetically change the church, questioning the faith and unity of the Roman rite that expresses it. And then he tells people to see Sacrosanctium Concilium, paragraphs 37 to 38. Again, I have to ask, where is the lie? The mission of my work here is to help Catholics live the life of faith through awareness of the crisis conditions in the Church and how this crisis has been going on for decades, if not centuries, and is only now more obvious than it was in the past. The only cure is living the life of the faith, staying close to the sacraments, and, when it's all boiled down, being better Catholics, becoming saints, being an image of Christ in the world. But in the Instrumentum Laboris, we see none of that. No reference to the life of faith is in the document, or no meaningful orthodox statement anyway. The final excerpt that I will cover here is the following question, and it addresses the question of apostasy. Sabino Paciola. According to some, the Instrumentum Laboris opens the door to India Indian theology and ecotology, two Latin American derivatives of liberation theology. What do you think about it? Bishop Bucks. The incredible thing is that the Amazon can be considered a theological place. That is to say it means a special source of revelation. By questioning the divine revelation as Brandmuller wrote, the document is detached from the truth of the Catholic faith and technical jargon apostasy. In fact, it considers the Amazon not a simple geographical and cultural area, but even a theological place epiphanic place and source of God's revelation, it is significant that he, that they rece- that he received the enthusiastic pr- approval and perhaps advice of Leonardo Boff, a former Franciscan priest, a historical exponent of liberation theology, who, in the 1970s, was warned by the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Even his brother, Clodivus Boff, a priest, he was f- removed from teaching at the Pontifical Catholic University of Rio de Janeiro. In nineteen eighty four, the then cardinal prefect Joseph Ratzinger, at the request of Cardinal Eugenio A. Sales, asked Father Luigi Giussiani for a priest of a clear Catholic doctrine who argued positively about the assumption that ecclesial communion cannot be a necessary subject and sufficient for the liberation of man, above all from sin. The proposal was made to Don Filippo Santoro, professor of theology and initiator of communion and liberation in Puglia, who accepted. So he spent t- about 27 years on a mission in Brazil. Because of this, he knew the different theologies of liberation closely. After being elected the uh, auxiliary bishop of Rio and later bishop of Petropolis, he was appointed archbishop of Toronto by Benedict XVI. Finally, it must be said that he, succeeding Cla- Clodivus Boff and the chair of theology at Rio, it is the same that also inspired and followed his evolution, which led him to distance himself from his brother Leonardo with the essay published in 2003 in Revisita Ecclesiastica Brasileirae. So, Don Santoro, Ratzingerian bishop, is among the most suitable rule to rule on this Instrumentum Laboris, and its claims that travel between heresy and apostasy. In the Instrumentum Laboris, we read, quote, The Amazon is the place of the proposal of good living, of the promise and hope of new ways of life, end quote. In the complex of this document, a one-way praise is made of the ancestral wisdom of the spirits and of the goodness and of the peoples of the Amazon, in contrast to the corruption brought by Western civilization. Does this not seem to you an approach that is very close to the myth of the good savage, of Rousseau's memory, and what risks and damages could such an approach cause to faith? I get tired of saying this, but again, where's the lie? This document reeks of the new religion that is very much different and apart from Catholicism. It may be dressed up on on to look like Catholicism, but in the end it is so obviously not the faith that even a typical pew sitter in a Novus ordo parish who isn't paying one bit of attention to any of this is going to eventually notice when it shows up in a parish near him. Because it is coming to your parish. The authors of this document know full well that the changes that are permitted in the Amazon will be requested in some form or another for parishes in the United States, the United Kingdom, Australia, Europe and in the East in any place that suffers a significant vocations crisis. And from there the apostasy will come into the lives of every Catholic, and they will have to choose what they do when they find themselves in a parish with ordained deaconesses, and laymen elevated into the position of faux clerics, and Eucharistic abuses that are so grievous that they are at this moment unspeakable. Again, in closing, I remind you of the Novena of Novenas. It begins on August 15th, using the format and intentions as posted on the Catholic Gentleman blog with the added intention of the Amazon Synod not embracing and instituting apostasy and heresy. Please consider joining us in this prayer battle. The weapon for these times is the Holy Rosary and personal acts of fasting and penance. Again, please consider joining the battle. For Return to Tradition, I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.